up? Welcome to the... Wow, you just threw me off my game there. That was... Uh, okay. Zach's fucking with me, and I'm not going to tell you what he did. Um, but welcome to the Hooniverse podcast. Uh, this is the clearest my nose has sounded in a week and a half because I've had a cold. How was Miami? I wasn't in Miami. Mm, um, okay. No, no. That's called having a child is really what it is. Um, Weird I actually... I even just had the JAG F-Type SVR, which we can talk about in a little bit. But during the video, I do a short segment to camera where I say, and I sounded awful, I have a cold. I feel like crap right now. I have a dumb beard. I have ugly hair, blah, 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 blah. So we're going to finish this, and then I cut to like the magic of voiceover or something like that, just to make it easier. Um, and it's probably going to be my, my clearest, most focused review ever because you know you can sit there and type out and sit, then say what you want to say. Um, but yeah, I was, though, in La Jolla. I attended the launch of the all-new Subaru Impreza. Mm, how was that? Uh, it was good. Um, so Subaru now considers Impreza and WRX as separate models. They can, and this is the first vehicle on the all-new Subaru global, global pr- platform. Gobo Jim. Global platform. Um, so this, all Subarus are going to run on this platform, basically. So the WRX will be on this platform eventually. It's just not there yet. You know they'll have a separate launch for the WRX. So this is the base Impreza, basically. Though mm-hmm. we got to drive, there's also a sport version, um, which the cool thing about that is you can get it. It's a mid to high level trim, and you can get it with a stick. So you don't have to settle for base, you know, junk. Even though you know the base one isn't even junk either, but it's a CVT otherwise because Subaru still sticks with a CVT or a five speed. Manual, not a six-speed, five-speed. That's the is it the same transmission they've been using since Ever? forever? Yeah, pretty. Wow. Sure. I mean, I'm sure they updated it at some point, but no, it's it's still it's a five-speed. But even the base car gets um, Apple CarPlay, so you don't get nav until like the top trim. But if you have Apple CarPlay, you essentially have nav. Through I feel like your that's phone. all you need. It is all you need. It's great. Um, the one we drove was a well-equipped sport with a stick, um, you know, and there's a trim above it, but it was, you know, 27 grand, pretty nicely loaded, as loaded as you'd want it. Uh, and it, it is underpowered. So What, what engine is in it? It's, the, uh, it's a two-liter boxer motor. It's making 152 horsepower and about 148 pound-feet of torque. Mm-hmm. Now, with the CVT... You know, it has a, it, you can simulate seven speeds. It has paddles. If you floor the accelerator, it does like a stepped shifting. Whereas if you just have normal throttle throttle pressure, it's it's a CVT. But if you floor it, and there is a torque converter and all that shit on there. Um, but and it is nice to be able to grab a down paddle on the highway to to kick it up because it needs mm-hmm. it. But the manual would extract a whole lot more. They didn't have the manuals. The manual would extract. So we were driving a CVT. So that's even more than manual. That's what it was. The manuals aren't ready yet, but the manual will extract more of that engine um, because it was it wasn't it wasn't quick. But the good thing is the chassis was pretty great. So once you're moving, it's a full slow car fast experience. Uh, it was flat through the corners. Mm-hmm. Steering was numb. You know, electronic power steering was numb, but the chassis itself was great. Well, we took one to Adams Motorsport Park. That was like three years ago, mm-hmm. but that was the same. It was a, it was a that Base. was a WRX. Oh, WRX. That was a WRX a auto. But but I think the ch- the chassis construction then had come such a long way. Yeah. That it, and and that was a huge noticeable difference. Which this is great. So this is, should be better than that. It's seventy percent stiffer than the outgoing Impreza that chassis. That is a lot. And it's and it's quieter. NVH is better. Wow. And it's safer. And it's already mm-hmm. a very safe car. 
Um, so it, it seems strange though. But why why would the manual transmission extract more from that car or that engine than the CVT? Because theoretically, everyone's like, well, the best thing about the CVT is that it operates at the optimal engine output all the time. Because you tell you tell the now you're telling the engine specifically like I am definitely I only want third gear right now, and it's a true third gear, and you're running it all the way up because you're past like you're pulling onto okay. an on ramp. Like you can simulate. So it's more like it 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 extracts the most out of the gearing because it, whereas the CVT would. You know, keep increasing your speed, right? By hold, while holding the engine RPM, right. and you're, and then you'd be th- possibly dropping speed if you're going up a hill or something. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. And when here you're you're um, um, you're saying no, we're in third gear, we're on an on ramp, we need to fucking scoot right now because there's semi trucks and we're merging. Uh, so underpowered, numb steering, everything else was pretty darn good. Very well equipped, nice seats, nicer interior. Uh, the taillights were a little ugly, but that's like super nitpicky on my part. The front end I thought looked good. It's a little bit more tame styling on the nose, and everybody's like, oh, it's, it looks like every other car in the segment. And there's some arguments to be made there. But in person, I thought it looked good. Uh, some nice side sculpting to help it stand out. Bu- uh, buffer fenders than the older WR or Impreza. Because I, so, I, I mean, I, I think the outgoing one, I think, it, I think honestly, since like the 06 generation, they've they just had like a lot of designs on the yeah. same plate, you know. Mm-hmm. It seems like one canvas, four paintings. Yeah. And so, if they can get more cohesive, even if it gets more tamed down, which is something we talked about on TST recently, is that all cars are in a, in a segment are getting to look the same because of the arrow. Like there's yeah. there's only you know so many solutions to get <laughs> a certain uh, coefficient of drag. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. So. Um Unless you're Ford with a Raptor, you're like, we don't care. Yeah, no, with that car, they definitely don't care. I've heard uh, not great things about the gearbox. Oh, I heard, well, I heard, the only person I talked to that drove it was Musto, and he said the gearbox was good. Uh, so. I, I, I've I heard very, very mixed reviews. I heard it's constantly hunting on the highway, uh, unless you're in sport, and it just it won't go above six or something like that. And then the paddles are just kind of okay. I mean, ten. I admit, ten speed seems like way too many. It seems like too many for a computer to to, to deal with. It seems like too many for a human to deal with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're. I thought when someone came out with a nine a few years ago, I figured everyone's just taking shots to see what will work. And it was part of that Chrysler nine, and it's yeah, wasn't great. And, well, that was also their shifter was a big problem there too. But even well, so, yeah. it was like, well, do we need this many ratios? But we don't want a CVT. So right. I mean, it's weird that they why keep not trying and why not work with someone like a ZF and be like, let's make a good CVT. Because, like, the yeah. Subaru CVT and uh, the Nissan CVT are examples of someone who's, you know, like, I can live with this car. Um, but no one's really doing a performance CVT. Excuse me, I just bur- – oh, because I'm having a certain beer. I should tell you what beer I'm having. Uh, beer Geek uh, from Mikela Brewing. I can never pronounce their name right. M-I-K-K-E-L-L-E-R. Um, Mikela Beer Geek, or it's San Diego, so it's Mikaye, I don't know. Um, but it's uh, their breakfast stout brewed with coffee. So I'm drinking that right now as I burped it into the microphone. Delicious. That's why people tune in because we're fucking classy. That, that's, like a, that's like a high dollar Red Bull vodka right there. No. Well, well, you know, I can't say no. Uh, it's coffee and alcohol. Yeah, but it, it's much better tasting. Than but, Red I, said Bull do- I said high dollar. That's why. Sh- that ain't cheap. If you're in Vegas. Well, yeah, but if you're at home. <laughs> yeah, take another one, bro. Yeah, keep coming, bro. Oh, my God. I drank so many of those in college. I can't believe I didn't die. Yeah. Um, so, good, good Impreza. Pre- Impreza good. But the, uh, the WRX on this new platform should be pretty awesome. Um, and they, they wanted to stress how new the vehicle was. Cause you know, all these times automakers are like, it's all new. And it's like, 
shares 60% parts with the outgoing. This one is 95% new parts, they said. Hmm. Like, they they said, we even changed the interior door handles, which is something we haven't changed in 15 years. Or so. They made a joke at their own expense about it. Um, so it's, it's, it's extremely new. Even the engine, which it's still the F... I think the old one was the FA20, and this is the FB20, and it has uh, 60 to 80% new parts in the engine, too. So, like, they, they really did change this because this platform is very important. The neat thing about Subaru is because Subaru's kind of killing it right now, um, and hopefully Mazda's paying attention to whatever Subaru's doing because they both deserve to rise up. Because, mm-hmm. as enthusiasts, I think we both like both of those brands. <clears throat> Subaru from 2002 through 2008 was very flat. 200,000 cars a year. This year, they're going to sell um, 600,000, something like that. Whoa. And it's been an upward trend since 08. So, you know, it's been like 300, 400, 500. Um, and then there's the new Subaru for the U.S. market will be built in Indiana. Uh, all other markets, theirs will be built outside of here. But they're like, they're, they're too, they just spent a ton of money to, to, crank up Impreza output because it's a you know extremely important vehicle for them and then also the platform is very important and um so their goal you know next year is is 700 and then after that it's 800 i mean 800,000 subarus that's that'd be fucking impressive that's a lot that's very cool it's it, it, i'm curious to see what happens as like they're probably watching the focus rs real closely and the evo's gone and so they'll see what people like what they didn't like and then when they come out with the new STI which not not to always push it toward that but like you know they they're killing it in like the passenger car crossover game mm-hmm. and and they they were almost poised well for that they had the Forester originally and everyone's like this is a weird boxy looking thing but they had the right idea of right. lifted wagon but not and quite people SUV people love the Foresters people who buy Foresters love the Foresters yeah. for the most part um <clears throat> now uh shit you just said something that made me think of something else and now I can't think of what that was Focus RS No it wasn't Focus RS Indiana Hoosiers wasn't the Hoosiers? Corn. No, corn. I, I do love that movie though. Um, but regardless, oh, oh, you said the Evo. Oh, oh, dude, dude, you said the Evo. I'm still bummed. I wish we had the time and the money to organize this to have done a music video, um, like the end of Furious Seven. You know where Paul Walker drives off in mm-hmm. the sunset kind of thing. I wanted to do that scene with that song with the Impreza and the Evo and the Evo. Drives off. Just, that that would have been very again. good. I mean, that, that would have been, been very good. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, just staring yeah, at each other, right smiling, and then the Evo goes away. Well, like it's you can even <coughs> you can even CGI my face so it looked like me, but you're like, but something's off. Um, just you just see, just take your face and put it over your own face. Right, right. Just, just so, so it's so like slightly off. off though. Like, oh, that's his brother's face. Oh, I get it. Um, oh, or you could put my brother's face, which would be really weird because we don't look that alike. Um, <clears throat> But I, does I, he not? Is I he not still, trying to grow his hair to meet his beard? No, you, to, no. to braid them together into one. <laughs> no, I just want I want a hair circle around my head. You're really <laughs> people. I hope you, look at Jeff's Instagram next time you have yeah, time. Yeah, it's not good right now. But I'm I'm committed to growing this out through the holidays, and then it's all coming off. Well, oh, I mean, okay, within reason. Just go where I went to get my haircut, where they uh, just decided I should apply for the military. Oh shit! Because that's pretty much what happened. I have my guy. I, I'm sticking with my guy. Um, so you, it's funny that you thought of that, but you just made me add something to the rundown um, since it just popped in the news, but I didn't have it here. Fast 8, the trailer. Did you watch it? I did. Looks, it's going to be awesome. It looks like James Bond. It's so but, far oh, from yeah, where we, like, the end. 
with the sub, <laughs> the nuclear sub, yeah, busting through the ice. I saw that and I was like, I hope there's stunts left because that trailer right. was packed with stuff. And then the sub, I'm like, this. Someone on it was either Reddit or Jalopnik was like, uh, producer, you know, producer uh, writing out the text. And the producer says, we need something crazier. We need, we need something big. Put a, put a nuclear sub in there. I mean, I, I, the writer, I can't, I can't just do that. Here's $200 million. Let's make it happen. All right, all right. I guess we're doing a nuclear <laughs> sub. Uh, and then next time it'll be like, we need to put them in space. Put them on the shuttle. Um, and, and then they're going to end up making Armageddon by accident. Yes, because the first one was Point Break. Yeah. The first one was Point Break. And then if they circle back to Armageddon, I am all for it. We should, be, we should be in Hollywood doing coke and hookers right now. <laughs> Why aren't we doing that? Because... We just, I don't know. It's not I us. thought that the hair beard would get you in the door. No, no. Funny story about the hair beard, though. Uh, I was shooting B-roll for uh, one of – because I do – If you, those of you don't know, um, I occasionally shoot B-roll-type footage for some other journalists. Uh, one's for a Spanish-language website, and he gets lots of cool cars. And I drive up to L.A., and I shoot his static B-roll and his rolling B-roll, uh, and then I go home. Uh, and he always gets awesome stuff, like I said, so we had to shoot the Rolls-Royce Dawn. In L.A. It's funny. You're in- Who's the guy that asked you to shoot B-roll of like just him shaving his plums? That, that was- I don't like to talk about uh, okay. because his YouTube channel is currently – it's YouTube Red only. Oh. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's Red Tube. That's what it is. It's Red Tube. If you put some lotion on it, it won't be as YouTube Red. In the basket. Put the lotion in the basket, is so I'm told. So it, it's crazy because we're, we're shooting parts of the early shots in, uh, in Beverly Hills. Like we – it, seven at seven a.m. No one is on Rodeo Drive because no one needs to drive down there. Mm-hmm. So we did car to car down Rodeo Drive because no one was there. We did like two laps, you know, front and back. But you continue through Beverly Hills, and all of a sudden you're in the fucking forest. Yeah, it's called like Franklin Lake or something. I don't remember what the name was. So we shot all the static out there. It's this one way loop, real tight. But it, you're in the woods. All of a sudden, you can camp out there too. Like you're in, you're still at like the back end of Beverly well, Hills. You can't camp there. No, no. Um, but so I'm shooting a Rolls Royce Dawn, and then he runs off because he's going to shoot something else, and I'm done with the car. So I'm now going to drive it back to his house in Beverly Hills. So I look like this, which is a total shitbag look right now. Um, and I'm in. I have a green Hurley hoodie, and I'm in the Rolls Royce Dawn, and I got to drive it through Beverly Hills during morning commute, like through down through Coldwater Canyon which is a really fancy road. You look like a kid got bored at home and took a mop and put it over some green sponges and like made a friend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's an amazing, amazing de- description of that. So I'm driving the car with the hoodie half on, the top down, and it's like, you know, 59 degrees out because I have the seat, the, the heated seat on, and it's amazing because it's a Rolls Royce Dawn. I have some music playing, but I'm not like blasting anything, but I totally look like Justin Bieber's older hanging on shitbag friend. <laughs> um, and, and it, but it's Beverly Hills, so you get a glance here and there, but everybody's like, whatever, some producer shithole. Uh, I, I probably make more than him anyway. And, and well, they're, they're definitely right, but, um, but that was kind of fun to do at the same time. I'm sure. Like, like drive like a total, not drive like a dick, but look like a dick in a dickish car. In a, in a super, dickish area. Super comfortable, though. <laughs> I, had, I don't have a lot of Rolls Royce experience. Well, do you have you sat before? Yeah. So um, you've had you've had times where you've sat than comfortably. This is better than that. It's better than any chair you've probably. This is like it, like my dream, not my dream, but I, my goal. One of my small goals in life is to have that that Herman Miller Eames lounge chair. You know, the like mm-hmm. the modern that like the go to chair. Um, it's better than that, and that is a fantastic sitting experience. Um, so yeah, speaking of fast eight. Um, 
what, what was so weird is in the middle of that trailer, they have like the five, you know, the catapult, whatever the uh, like the all, all the cars have grappling hooks. Yes, and then they're all pulling at him, and yeah. I'm like you're all pulling in different directions, and I, I, it's they do it just to make it an exciting scene. Yeah, but it's like. If they'd all physics pulled in one direction, right, physics, right. pull in one direction, it'd be fine. And then... And how much horsepower does he have that he flips the two? I wish they picked cars that at least made sense for the stunt. You're like... I mean, it's well, probably... I mean, it's brought a, to you by Dodge, so... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's Which, a good point. fine. Dodge paid a ton of money. There have been Dodges in it since the beginning, actually, but... The, the Dodge product placement has been high for the last three or two, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I didn't think about that part but, of it. But, like, there's... I mean... The one part was funny because Roman Pierce, like this, basically keeps that guy employed because um, <laughs> it's the same character. Hey man, I'm Roman. Like every time, exactly. but then the, why are they shoot at me? And then uh, I think you're it was because you're Lamborghini. in a Lawrence Lamborghini, which was funny. Yeah, where well, are they though? And how do they get that orange Lamborghini to the Arctic Circle? Well, that'll be in the movie. <laughs> I know, Jeff. but and I and I'm gonna see. I another some other comments online were like, this movie looks absolutely. Like, so stupid. And then the next line was like, I will be there on opening day. Yeah. And I, I watched the trailer and I was like, I'll go there and see it like op- midday of the opening day, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll go for it, sure. It'd be great. It's a good theater experience, no question. It, it's a theater experience. It's it's James Bond without any of the, the it's American James or Bond. Panache. <laughs> it's yeah. American James Bond. It is. It's NASCAR James Bond. Yes. More, more explosions, more cars, less script. Yeah. Now... Moving to our own stuff, we know what's going on with. Well, we talked about your check engine light before. Has that been fixed? Or it fixed itself. Oh, that's always fun. Really weird. Um, but it's going. Cars going into the BMW dealership tomorrow to get the software update, so I can read my check engine lights. I wonder if they hate you. I wonder if they look at you and be like, "Why aren't you in a new one?" Oh, I think I think they will. Are I you think a third owner of this car? Fourth. Fourth. But I think. Uh, How's your Civic Si? How many owners was that car? <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. <laughs> I was third, actually. Are you serious? Yeah. What did the first two do to it? Like take it to war? No, I. Sweet it, Lord. Um, my my really close friend was the second owner. Not to totally get off. My really close friend was the second owner, and he had it for a long time. And then towards the end, his wife was using it as a daily driver to commute back to work, and she was in an accident. In it. So it blew the. That's what blew the airbags. Okay. That's what needed the hood needed to be changed. Like okay. all that. So that all makes sense. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't want to just like get rid of it, even though it was worth not much. Right. So they gave it to me. Okay, that's pretty which good. Which is great. That's very good. A crash car, third owner crash car. All right, you're you're like a six owner. Um. Uh, yeah, I think they hate me because they probably haven't seen one of these in a while at, at a dealership. They're used to new stuff. They didn't understand my problem on the phone of like, hey, I think this thing missed a recall to de-encrypt the CPU. So they're like, oh, what, do you, what part does it need? I'm like, does it need a part? It needs to get plugged into something, and it's something funny needs you to think hit, they get hit. Yes, I mean this was the schedule person, but she still wasn't. Oh, I was, like, okay. I was like, I was like, here's the you know alphanumeric code for the recall. The, like, here's all the, the stuff. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk to them tomorrow and just um, get that fixed. That fixed itself. Um, I definitely I can hear there, there's a, a telltale classic clunk in the diff oh. that every four six happens, and it's usually the bushings are going. In the back, which is to be expected after 100,000 miles. So I'm basically waiting until some of my invoices come in, and then I have to do that. And then it's I'm going to do... Fun time of year for that. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a good thing I don't we celebrate compare, Christmas. We should compare uh, out, uh, remaining invoice totals to see how, how our end of years are looking. That's a good point. You'll, you probably win. Well, just because of the on one company thing. basis, but yeah. It's a... Uh, you know, it's a good thing I don't celebrate Christmas because I'm gonna have to spend all my money on myself. <laughs> but but after that, at least like like Armin, who has an, he bought an E46 with me. He's a friend of mine, and uh, 
He's like, man, you're just, you're just not getting into this as hard as I thought you would. You're not. He's riding with me in the car. He was shooting. He's like, you're not in love with his car, are you? And I was like, dude, I'm just worried. Like, I, I, I am a person who would rather fix the bushings and get the subframe reinforced at the same time because it's the same. You have to do it anyway. And then I'll drive the shit out of it. But until I know that that stuff's sorted out, like, yeah, I'm nervous to do a burnout in a car that, like, I might punch through a bushing and then I'm whacking my subframe because I know that that's what that leads to. But See, that's like when I did the burnouts, the first burnouts, if you can call them that, in the truck, part of me was a little nervous, but the other part was like, well, if something breaks, then I'll have another video to shoot on the car and I'll have a press car at the same time. Like, you don't have that luxury. True. Um, And your shit is way more expensive, way more expensive than my shit. Right. Now, I have a question for you because I have a a friend. He's he's one of the sons of four sons, my favorite brewery in Huntington Beach. He has an E36 M3 that's all dining. Mm-hmm. that he got recently and he was loving it do you know is that an interference engine he did something weird to his car he was driving okay. it down pch and was going to go from second to third yeah and he missed the shift but he didn't go first to second mm-hmm. he didn't go he just didn't go all the way into third and and revved it hard so he went to he went second to third he just didn't go all the way he into let third. out of the clutch too soon and just didn't make it in the gear he didn't go into third okay. and the engine revved up right and he bent a rod and blew the head gasket. Yeah, because he was in neutral, basically. And he yeah, but you just it. rev the engine. It should have a limiter that stops you from exploding the engine. Uh, it should just go, and then you should clutch it in. It should, but if, it's, if it was like 1995, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if they had limiters on those. And I don't know if they, if maybe Dynan, Dynan doesn't usually raise limiters on right. their engines because they know that they're not supposed to. But... When we interviewed, we interviewed a guy from Dynan on the Hooniverse podcast at SEMA coming soon, and we were talking about cars, and he said when they first started getting into those cars, they did raise the limiter, and then BMW called them and were like, D- we're, we're kind of where you should be. So it's possible that that an old ship on like a 95 M3 used wow. to raise the limiter. this is supercharged too. Oh, he has like a full Dynan supercharged oh, yeah. car? That's pretty awesome. That's got to yeah. be really fun. I mean, I don't know, man. If he, but think about it. If he was, if he was in second, depending on what RPM he was at, say, you're, say you're revving it to second to six, and then you're shifting to third. Well, and you and you punch it, you're already at six. You're not at two, so you're only a thousand RPM shy of redline. And if yeah. you punch it and it goes zing to like seventy-eight, yeah. But I feel like that again, like the, there's usually maybe this is just because um, I'm used to modern cars. Like I have an ATSV downstairs right now. If I punched it, I could just sit there in the parking right. lot right now. Just go. Modern car for sure. I, I mean, I remember in the nineties, like I think the Jedi had, had it had fuel cut, but it wasn't until above the red line. And that was like a, Whoa, you, you know, what a that, nice yeah. little thing with a modified car like that. And a car being that old, it's totally possible. That it didn't so I don't know, but he's, he's taking the car to the shop. Obviously the engine is completely apart. And he's having it rebuilt. Yeah. Like, and beefed up. Yeah. It's like 2,400 bucks. Really? Yes. Wow. I heard that number. I was like, what? That's crazy. That's great. That, and that he said, when it's low. done, I can drive it. I was thinking it might be neat to compare a supercharged Dynan. Let's do it. To a stock, let's totally do it. As long it. as that check engine light, <laughs> it's off. I don't care. And this wouldn't be like let's go drift them. This is like let's just run them down a canyon road. Yeah, let's totally do that. That could be fun. Absolutely. I'm and if, if uh, you know Miles Brandman, right? Another journalist. He's done some stuff for us. He write, he's writes for Digital Trends. He has an E36 M3 that's stock that cool. he's actually trying to sell right now. Um, and that's a great discussion to have because when I was shopping, there were some supercharged E36s. Occasionally, you'd see a Dynan one for. A, 
similar money to a decent E46. Interesting. Um, and you can kind of decide what you want to go with. Because a supercharged E36, like, fun factor, steering wheel angle aside, like, will be more fun. Those cars are more raw. They're lighter, all that stuff. But as an overall vehicle... Yeah, you better know, daily driver is the E46. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, when I saw just the stuff that falls apart on an E36 and, like, breaks... And Armin, who owned... He's owned three E36s and now is a 46. He's like... I can't believe I spent so much time on those cars. Like he, he has a soft spot for him. So do I, I love their aesthetics, but like whatever they were doing while they were transitioning from E 30 kind of old school, like vintage construction to the, the modern construction of the 46 that we, it was the teenage awkward years in the nineties mm. with, where they had to change the glue and the shit fell right. apart and synthetic leather. And like, there's just all these wacky things that were happening while they were figuring out new tech. I never I, the E36 body style, body style never really appealed to me either. So like your E46, love it. E30s, amazing. So I mean the E36 has always been the the odd one out to me. Did you see you know Everyday Driver? Mm-hmm. Obviously those guys. Did you see the video they're putting out called I, I, Icon? It's on my to watch list because yeah. they drove like everything. Right. So for those who don't know, uh, I mean you should all take a look at Everyday Driver anyways because those guys are great guys and they do a lot of good work, but. They've really been killing it lately on their longer format videos. Yeah. Um, you know, they went to the Nurburgring and Spa. They drove every generation of 911, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then now they're doing a video called Icon, where they drive and and compare every generation of the BMW M3, which is really cool. And they got some yeah. cool shots of them, like drone shots of them in a line, all the cars driving down the road together. And they orchestrate those. It's like once a year, maybe right. once every eight months, and they come out with one of those, and they're really pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, so that's impressive stuff. Now, uh, the Stardicks, we're going to start talking about my truck stuff. So I mentioned two, three podcasts podcasts ago that I was thinking about selling the truck. Um, and this isn't a I'm giving up on it. Like, I, I totally admit 100% that I gave up on the Civic. Um, I just was, I wanted a rear drive V8 American muscle, and I got it in the truck. Uh, and I love the truck, and I don't want to sell the truck, but I do want something that I can put my daughter in, and I cannot put my daughter in that. I know some of you are saying, oh, you can just do the... And I'm, no. My, it's, if the wife says no, she's not going in the truck. She's not going to be able to go in the truck for years. It's not really even safe for me to drive the truck because I have never swapped out that steering column, but that's besides the point. Um, so I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, for those of you listening, let me know what you think I should get instead of the truck. Oh, prepare your notifications, Jeff. Well, no, no, that's fine. But I've honestly been really looking, and I know I already have a Benz that's doing nothing. This would be a Benz that's doing something. Late 60s, early 70s Mercedes. And I feel like I could be okay with the slowness of it because I'd be slow and comfortable with my daughter in the back, mm-hmm. and I'd have the press cars to, to fill the need. Hopefully the Wombat will be done someday. And then if I really, really, really got bored, I would do an engine swap, but... I would make my life easier, you know, like LS. What's the what is the crumple situation and side impact situation? Well, I mean, it's a big Mercedes? tank. It's still an old car, but it's a big Mercedes tank. So I, I like I, I have the green light to be able to like if I sell the truck and use those funds to get something else. I mean, I would look it up because you remember this video. It was like a, a 2009 Malibu crash. Was, like I think a it was 60s Malibu or something Impala. like that. Impala, right, whatever it was. I mean, it was a it was a big tank. Everyone no, calls no, them a tank, and it just decimated. Right. Well, the thing. You know. So here's the thing with that. Uh, I'm not going to be ripping down the highway in it with mm-hmm. her. I'm going to like drive her to daycare in it, right. and maybe take her to cars and coffee in it, like shit like that. Like that's all I mean. Uh, like, yeah. I don't mean like let's go do. Fucking- no, no, no. I understand. I'm saying I, I'm just 
uh, I want to make sure just that general you don't safety. think like, oh, this is this is the oh no no no. I one. still know. I still know. It's I'm not. making a choice yeah. by not putting her in something with 20 airbags and latch and all that shit. I, I know that before the co- the commenters jumped on my throat, like. I could be wrong. Maybe those cars are way more solidly built than things from Detroit at the time. I would not be surprised. You should, yeah. just, you should invest. There's maybe, a chance. They or might. they could have like massive – Like the reason they're so cheap is because like actual Mercedes collectors are like, oh, no, that, that rear subframe buckles because of this one rust point. Right. Who knows? Weird stuff. I should go to the Classic Center and talk to them. They'd be like, eh, you shouldn't be in here because you can't afford any of our shit. Or you're that asshole who's doing that stupid swap. So moving on to something else. So like, yeah, hit me up on Twitter and all that other shit if you have – things you think I should get uh, if I do get rid of the truck. And it's not it's not a definite, by the way. Uh, now, Wombat. I've been thinking about this car a lot lately. And more and more people have told me that doing the Hemi engine is nearly impossible. I don't want to give up on the Hemi. But how bad would it be if I just said fuck it and did a 302 and got the thing done? Because I don't want to do LS either. But Ford 302... I don't. I mean, I don't want to give up on the Hemi, but like, there are people who do engine swaps who are like, you could not have picked right. a worse American engine to do. Like the ECUs, you can't do shit with it. True. You can't do this. It's too wide. It's too this. Like, there's no room in there for headers and steering. <laughs> you can't have both of them. Um, but I don't want to give up on this dream because right. the idea is awesome. It uh, all started as a joke too. Reuniting Daimler and Chrysler. I know. No, I. I under, we all, everybody understands the motivation behind it. You should know what you're getting into. Why? Uh, no, I definitely don't. I well, still don't. I barely don't. Why don't Why don't you want to do an LS? I'm listen to that. Because everybody does LSs. Okay. Like so, if I that's why I said if I got the other bands and I got bored of how slow it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know 100 percent LS all day long. <laughs> okay. Well, what about? It would be done in a day. What if you did something else from a German manufacturer, like somewhere you could do? I thought about that too. Like I've heard that's a, a funky nightmare. Funky Yeah, it probably is. I've heard that's a nightmare. I thought about something weird. I thought about like the Nissan 5.6 liter, <laughs> just to be like a Lexus One UZ would be great. Yeah, that would be so good. It's aluminum. You get the Goodyear makes like 330 horsepower. Is it the LS 400 motor? Yeah. So you can get good noises out of it. Yeah. And uh, they're it's really well different. constructed. Obviously reliable based on million mile. Lexus. I don't want to do anything diesel in it because um, that's been thrown out there too. Um, unless it was, I don't know. No, I don't want to do diesel. You, if you put if you put the Lexus engine in it, you are realigning some of the axes. Oh shit! So that there's at least a tie in there. <laughs> it's not a good tie in. No one will like it. But wow, yeah, I can't do that one. I my, just I just watched Oliver North. Some of the Jewish that, side so. of my family would not be would not approve of that. Oh right, but they're happy now with the Mercedes. Yeah, it's right. Fine. It's fine. Yeah, they they cleaned up their act. Yeah, right. But it's it's the merging. It's a, did of you the see Japanese the la- SNL something. SNL last weekend? The weekend update. Yeah, that was Angela amazing. Merkel. Kate yeah. Like, no, uh, oh, I'll drive. That's cute. That's what we call grandpapas in Argentina yeah. now. <laughs> that w- um, that bit saved the whole weekend update. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The actually, my my grandfather had a nine eleven when he was younger, so it's fine. We, sc- we scream with our mouths closed yeah. so that we internalize Ooh, it. <laughs> yeah, my my, my barrage. <laughs> uh, she's so fu- fucking funny. Um, so I finally started thinking, like, maybe this Hemi idea isn't all it's cracked up to be after three years of waiting for this car to be done. It sucks. I also had another idea to potentially get around the steering issue by making more room. What if we keep the Hemi and we safari it? Hmm? Like, slightly lift it. Oh, Skid okay. plate. 
That'd be sick. A little more room. That's a great maybe, idea. Maybe because you've now raised front suspension. Dude, Lee Keen's riding in Lee Keen's Safari. Right. That's what made me think of it. Amazing. That car, I love that video. I love that car so much. And obviously, I can't afford to do that to a 911, but I could do some. You should totally do it. Some ghetto fabbing on a 300 TD wagon. Would that. Big skid plates. Would that give you room for a steering column, though? Maybe. You have to talk to somebody who knows something. I need someone. I need, a, I need both a drifter and a Baja racer to come together and brainstorm on this. I mean, the Baja guys know all about oversteer, but you just you need to look at packaging. And, like, if you do a suspension lift, for example. It wouldn't be a big one. Right, but, but then you're not, you're not actually making <clears throat> more room then for steering. Because no, you need to. Yeah. You need to maybe do a body lift. Right. If it's a body-on-frame construction, that might give you some clearance somewhere. Right. But would and then, it, like, some, like, KO2s and... Right, but you're getting ahead of yourself. Jeff. I know, but I'm so excited would, about the idea. <laughs> it would be such a great idea. And honestly, I think even if you do a different engine, you should do that idea. Because no one is doing fun, off-roady, cool well, stuff. Well, someone did do an off-roady 300 wagon. That's the other way, reason I thought of this. Hmm. He's like a, He is a Baja engineer, and he didn't do anything to the engine. It's just uh, like travel and wheels and tires. Where is he based? I think he's in California. You should go, you need to talk I know. to him. I think it was in Auto Week or I saw it. I'll show it to you when we're done here, the video I saw. But he like took it and he only got in trouble on one of the trails taking it to this like place where people are like, you shouldn't be doing this. Um, you should totally find him and talk to him. I know. About packaging. I know. Because that's your challenge is room in the engine bay, which really means. If you looked in there, the you'd be like, this come, is a joke. The engine needs to, you know, come up, a cent- I, I would think, because the angle of your steering column that needs to go toward the front of the car. So you need room to get under there. So, or I need that's to a weird move thing. the engine forward, or that. In which case, you're changing because there's body the front panels. shock towers, which are come way in. Um, and th- I mean, this is there aren't headers handling on the dynamics car. are always helped by engine move forward, <laughs> always. <laughs> yes, yes. So I've been thinking about the wagon. Trust me, everyone listening, this car I want done so bad. Like I wouldn't even think about selling the truck, or I w- I would just to make space because the wagon would be done, but. Um, that'd be the only reason I'd sell the truck at that point. Uh, like if I had a place to store it and still keep the truck, I would. Be, but I just want something where I can put my daughter in and daily drive it and and love it. And I could, I do drive the truck plenty, but I want this wagon. I, I want understand. this wagon done. I think I think make it Baja style, no matter what. Three hundred two or four six, although that's kind of a big engine too. Three hundred two, because I don't want to do LS because of reasons. Um, but I feel like a slightly Baja and. We were talking about what the what the question was. What's going to be the next trend? Safari could be the next trend. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So I could get ahead of the curve and then sell this for thirty grand down the road. <laughs> so, um, so who yeah, knows? Because the safari thing, it's so attractive because then you can drive to the trail where the people are having the fun and go have the fun. But then when you're driving around, you're not driving a giant truck, right? You know, and potholes are easy. Like all, I mean, if I had had space like that E30 we built for BFG, that right? Was, that was re- I really like that town. too. That was awesome. I was contemplating that thing. That thing was awesome. Um, so yeah, that thing that thing is pretty great. Um, so that's where I'm thinking. Hit me up if you have thoughts, ideas. I I, I do actually like to hear them. Uh, but for now, I'm going to jump over to Patreon and we're going to read some of your questions. This is nice. It's, uh, I just want to pause. <clears throat> so here we go. Patreon questions. First up is Marshall Cash. Would you rather have a luxurious, powerful Grand Tourer, but a traffic-heavy commute, or a walkable commute and a stiff, twitchy sports car as your only car? Um, you know, all things considered, if I just because 
as my only car is tough, unless we're not counting that my wife also, if my wife can also have a car, I would take the walkable commute and the stiff, sw- twitchy sports car. Your wife's not allowed to have a car. See, then I can't do it because I need room for baby and dogs. Occasional dogs, more so baby. Um, so that's tough. How about yourself? I mean, I, I like my commute. I can bike to work a lot, but right. I, things do pop up in life where you need to go and get something. Like I need to go get bins from Home Depot, and plus, I will say real quick, the the M3's storage capacity is actually amazing. Put the seats down. Like I brought That's all awesome the camera gear we down. needed. It's crazy. Like the amount of camera gear I fit in there to go to a shoot was amazing. But it happens more than you think. And I maybe if you adjust your lifestyle, because Europe, you know, there's plenty of people with no cars there, and they right. figure it out. But it depends on how close you are, really, to the things you need. Right. You know, if you have everything within walking distance. I work from home. Awesome. <laughs> I, no, I know, but if you need no, to. No, but the walkable commute. Right. So do I, but it's like, so how goes the store? So I think, what was the first option before uh, I Heavy traffic, but a luxurious, powerful grand tour, which, I mean, if you're going to sit in traffic, you know, in a vanquish is a nice place to sit in traffic. I would rather have the second one. Right. So would I. Yeah. And I. And I even picked an example that I would love. Though it's funny, speaking of cars you used to own, I saw on Craigslist, I was so close to, I was really thinking about this, um, uh, manual conversion Crown Vic. That would be fun. Yeah, it looked really good, too. Um, I really, really thought about it. Like, How much was that? How much was not it? Not a lot. A really? couple grand. Wow. Yeah. I was, people were, Corey and, and some other, well, people don't know that it's, uh, they were trying to push me to manual swap the Crown Vic when I had it because I was like, I'm getting bored. Like, you could probably do this. For like two G's, like yeah, but I'm putting two grand into a, a Crown Victoria. But it, this one had other shit done to it too. It I st- I, I regret not putting money in to make it a fun mobile. I kn- I knew I would never get the money back. Right. But in hindsight, I should have just been like seats, stereo, shocks. Like let's just go have fun. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Albert McCracken, I was really surprised to see the drift mode results in the rally stage comparison video by Jalopnik. Have you seen that? No. Um, oh yeah. The yeah. RS. Okay. How long is it going to be until we see another OEM doing something similar, given the amount of press that is given Ford? Should we expect an oversteer mode from the Germans? Obviously, they would only name something literally to keep allies in Ordnung. Actually, the new A63 has a drift mode. And at the launch, they did not let the journalists try it, from what I've heard. They disabled it. Interesting. Yeah. And these were like top flight. This is the long lead in Europe. I think they were in fucking Spain or something. Um, And uh, no, it's... It's funny I say that because I'm going to Spain next was month. It on a, um, <laughs> was it on a... Were they, were they launching on a track so they were people crash it? it was, I think I mean, so. I think it was street and track. They let them drive an original AMG Hammer, though, huh. for like... That's why Johnny got to drive that. Okay. Like he did... He, seven other people got to drive it, but yeah. every single one of them was posting and losing their shit because yeah. it's an amazing thing. Um, I actually really liked that video. I thought it had uh, Raph and Balaban's humor in it, but then they let Wyatt jump in the car and really show you that, like... Like, you think drift mode, you think idiots crashing on the street, but in the snow, it it was the better car in drift mode. So, like, it actually has a great purpose, and that's that's pretty awesome. So, I, I thought they that was a good video for them to shoot. I'd be curious to see, or to talk to Wyatt, because uh, we have a video coming up on Drive Soon, which, and TJ Fry, who is a also an O'Neill Rally instructor, um, he also teaches off-roading with SEALs and, and does uh, some road, cra- road course stuff, and he drove the RS... And he found that the drift mode was unpredictable, even on the same mm. turn where he'd enter. And he thought, you know, he's like, I'm pretty much going the same speed. Like, obviously, there's half mile an hour differences, but it because you're waiting for it to react and then to send the power. So you have, oh. you have to you have to set up these circumstances 
as a driver that then the car goes, okay, let's engage drift mode now and send the power to that outside wheel in the back. And so I'm wondering if maybe it worked better in the snow or where the turns just worked out well in that situation. Mm. It, uh, that, that's very curious. Interesting. But that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, cause now you're just like, cause the computer is thinking of whole new scenarios the whole time. And like, right. You're like, no, it's the same fucking turn. Just right. come on, come on, come on. Cause come it's, on. it's like trans there's ESP involved. There's, you know, all these different probably like gyroscopes involved. So all that stuff has to get, you know, raise its hand and then drift mode goes, okay. But, uh, wow. I don't know. Interesting. I'm, I'm glad it worked in the snow. Like I'm not against it. Right. Snow drifting is the best. Right. Um, Ken Meddy asked, Jeff, why are you a little punk-ass bitch? And this is on Patreon. But uh, I, I replied, I'm still going to read this on the podcast because it made me laugh. Dan Mosqueda, will the Golf GTE ever find its way to the U.S. for sale? Discuss. I kind of think it has to. Uh, with all the diesel, we are nine, nine more diesels. Yeah. Uh, the diesels are never coming back to the U.S. for Audi Volkswagen. Which is a shame because they were fucking wonderful. Well, now we know why they're wonderful. Right. Well, I mean, they were good engines, regardless, dis- despite the emissions they were putting out. Um, the uh, the GTE has to come here. Um, it would help round out because the golf lineup is already pretty big, and I I just I just worried that it would be too expensive here. But when I drove it, it was really great, and I mean, it was just it was a hybrid GTI. And so, I mean, it was, it was really cool. So I hope it comes. I'm not holding my breath, though, but I really think they need stuff like that here. Yeah, good point. Uh, old Man Yells Obscenities at Squirrels. I think you can change your name on Patreon because I've seen this. Uh, why are Wrangler owners so offended by the mere existence of the Renegade? Because it undermines their, their perceived toughness, and then they go buy Rugged Ridge parts. Oh, shit! That <laughs> is a good point because if you say you have a Jeep, before well, you know what? No, I'll take that away. I was gonna say before the Renegade, you could say you owned a Jeep, and everyone lumped you in with this group. But they also had the Compass, which sucked. Right. It could climb. I will admit that because it had smart diffs. You got them with smart diffs, but it was ugly inside and outside, and it was weak. So was the Liberty. It's the same car. But we took the Renegade for a drive on NBC Sports over three Colorado mountain passes, include um, uh. Like engineers pass, which is pretty easy, but um, Hancock pass was like, like rock crawling. Like the the Bentley SUV we had couldn't go up any further. The E30 broke that we mm-hmm. were that was like Baja out. I mean, the Renegade has all the smart tech that just it takes all of the wheel speed sensors and the ABS and everything, and it is able to get traction. Yeah, it's kind of weird looking and it's a little pokey and it's not not good at all on the highway. But I feel like I feel like that speaks to what jeep is actually about which is if you want to go like anywhere yeah that is a good car to get or at least a good brand to shop with when they put that uh trail rated badge on the side it's legit dude we went up some serious shit in that car right it it figures it out once you get to twelve thousand feet the engine is seriously struggling yeah because there's no turbo right no not at all so it's the uh the you know the multi-air tiger shark whatever but I think I think it actually represents the brand well if you get the one that's specced like you need that. The Trailhawk, yeah. Um, Ryan Kelly with a super super long question. Uh, more TDI replacement opinions needed. I thought I had my heart set on a Subaru Crosstrek with a manual transmission, which most people don't know that they actually make. So mm-hmm. that is a good choice. Although I've been kind of second guessing that and just sticking with the front wheel drive. My other car that I've been debating has been a Mark 7 GTI. They both get around equal mileage. The GTI might be slightly better. One part that I dislike about the Subaru is how bad the air interior sucks. It just looks and feels crappy. I really like the interior in my Mark 6 Jetta Sport Wagon. It feels solid. And no, it doesn't smell like crayons. 
This is my computer. He wrote computer, but it meant commuter. Commuter work car. I have an Integra Type R. I haven't driven in three years, and a CTSV wagon. If I don't, if I want to drive something fun, Jesus, that's a fucking cool garage. I just can't stand driving something that's super doggy. I'm really interested in the all track that's coming out, but it's a little bit out of my price range for something that I'm just going to rack miles up on on average about fifty thousand a year. Holy shit! I will be buying used. CPO doesn't matter because I'm going to be out of warranty in less than a year. That being said, what that's amazing. That being said, what other cars would you consider? I know you guys said you like the Crosstrek in previous podcasts. I've always been a Honda guy, but I feel like the newer stuff doesn't have that appeal to me anymore. Previous to my Jedi, I had an 08 Civic Si sedan and absolutely hated it. I put about 70,000 miles on it in a year and a half. What the fuck? And a bunch of problems with it. Price ranges under 20. Holy shit. Um, I mean, the Mark 7 GTI, if you, if you want a nicer interior, yeah, it's light years ahead of the Subaru. Um, wow. I mean, I'm only thinking of how many miles. So, I mean, you. What about a Mazda three hatch? Because yeah. you can get you can get the fully loaded Grand Touring Mazda three hatch. Oh, he said under twenty k. He's gonna use one. No, no, no. But the new the 2017 Mazda three hatch now lets you go to the top spec trim and get the stick. So if you can live without the stick, get a used Mazda three hatch. Well, I, I yeah, I have friends that have a Mazda three hatch and they have a stick. It's, yeah, but but it's only like a year old. But they have the lower spec cars. Yeah, but there's, I mean, to my mind, he's they, putting this many miles on it. Yeah, like he needs the good audio. He needs the 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 best seats. He needs, you know, all that. Yeah, shit. I, I guess you could go. Te- I would go test drive it because. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people like the best seats fit worse than the other seats. That's like, true. I don't like leather. I like cloth. Um, good points. I would definitely look at. I would look at a Japanese car, especially a Mazda, because that many miles. Like, if you buy a used GTI and then you yep. put a hundred thousand miles on it, yeah, that's. That's tough. Whoa, I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot. You're going to be doing some work on the thing probably, which it seems like you could probably afford to do, but do you want to do that? Right. But if this is just like – I mean, if I just wanted a nice composed commuting car, I would totally look at Mazda 3. You could get Mazda 6 sedan if you want, which drives really nice. I mean, you could also be smart and boring and get like – like a used TSX would be nice uh, with Honda platform Acura. Yeah, those um, are great. Those are great-looking cars, and they totally hold up. I don't know. I don't know where they fall price range right now, but there's the TLX. And we've talked about this on the podcast before. TLX six speed manual SH all wheel drive. I have no idea where those are price range. They only made them for a couple of years, and they will shock you with how fun they are to drive. It's yeah. like 305 horse out of the V6. That's amazing. The six speed is great because it's a Honda six. Uh, the SH all wheel drive system is actually really fun because of all the torque vectoring. If I don't know where those are, like I said, I don't know where those are price range. But if you can find one with decent mileage and then just run it for a hundred th- the next hundred thousand miles and ditch it in a year and a half, uh, yeah, that'd be a great in between car. Absolutely, I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so let's jump over to Twitface. All right, let's see, let's see. <clears throat> Do you think uh, Brandon Maxwell at BMAX 324T, 3242, sorry. Do you think speed limits are too slow for modern cars? No question about it. Of course. Absolutely. Um, no, I mean, not. I will say not on every road, but for the most part, yeah. Yeah, the general freeway commute. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, I, should, I can comfortably and confidently, depending on flow of traffic, if I were to drive to Vegas and I were allowed to do 120 in the right car, in the left lane, if the driver education was fine, it'd be no issues at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I drive too fast anyway, and it's that's fine. a pretty flowing road. I mean, I think 
now that I've been to the Autobahn, you know, there's not many roads in in America that could be the Autobahn. There would have to be sections, of course. Middle of the country, though. Like, Middle of the country would be fine. Cause, cause, like I mean, the 40. You, you've been on the Autobahn. Like, the, any turns that, because you're going fast, they seem like real turns. But if you were standing there, they'd almost look straight. Right. Like, because there's such long, ra- or giant radii. But we could definitely have higher speed. But, like, yeah, like the speed. 40 going west to east, that... Texas. Totally. All of Texas should be a minimum of 100. Um, <laughs> at Party Pat, send any motorsport questions towards at the DFL show way. And he's correct. Please do that. Tamerlane's thoughts at Tamerlane blog. Do car nuts have responsibility to buy unicorns new? Chevy SS, Phaeton, Brown Manual Wagon, rather than used to encourage auto manufacturers. We don't have a responsibility to, but I mean, honestly, that, that that's actually a really interesting question. Like, should we be the ones buying these cars that we so want to have? Yeah, well, we, we do, should, but, we, but can't afford them. we can't afford them. Any, I mean, the people that buy those cars, I th- I think a lot of the people that buy the, the unicorn cars are into cars. They just have more money. Than yeah, us. they just have more money. But what I and I get annoyed actually when either a unicorn decide they stop producing or something and like the entire auto blogosphere Freaks out. goes how come how come it's like dude none of us can afford this car right. and it they're made not selling nobody. doesn't matter you know me you whoever I, so we'll buy them when we can I right think, but but it can't be like but like that's also why though when they finally do come out with a car like the brz frs gt86 fucking step up you've true, been asking true. for this car now buy it yeah um so th- th- i mean there's a point there Matt Carhart at Long DX Commuter. If you had to leave SoCal, where else would you live that provided the weather access lifestyle you would want? Um, I mean, nowhere does that. Uh, I could live on back on the East Coast. It would suck for the first forever, every winter ever. Um, actually, Colorado would be pretty cool. Colorado is the best. Um, Colorado would be cool. You know what? I, you know what I've heard is an awesome city. And I'm not religious. My wife's not religious. I know. Uh, Fair amount of people who aren't religious. Salt Lake City. It's not just like this Mormon haven. It's it's everybody who goes there. Like it's obviously it's very white. Like it's just like hey, yep, we're all white here. Um, and I I do like a little bit of diver, even though that I just goes into pro column. But, but the um, but I've heard that like the restaurants are great. There's some good breweries there. There's some good distilleries there. You have an easy access to an airport that goes everywhere. You have all year round activities. Houses, I think, are affordable in Salt Lake City. I mean, they got to be more affordable in here. It's it's what you're, everything you're describing is Colorado, just without like the weed and the fun, right? So but, maybe I just stick with Colorado. But, but Colorado's <laughs> probably more expensive. Utah's an easier hop. Well, Salt Lake might not be cheap though because of the. It's hop. probably not cheap, but I bet I, I feel like now, even especially be, like the influx of people going to Colorado has probably grown a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Denver, Denver could be cool. Uh, I mean, I'd probably wind up back in New England, to be totally honest. But it'd be those. It'd be tough to. I would really be sad if I gave up California. Couldn't make it out in California, kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Paulo Acoba at My Life Is JDM. What do you usually order at In and Out? This is a wonderful question because I fucking love In and Out. Do you like In and Out? Not really. Oh, you're a. What are you, a Five Guys? You're nothing because you're healthy. Uh, yeah, but I I do think Five Guys is better because it's a thick. In and Out's patty is drifting towards yeah fuck you is drifting towards McDonald's. No, tininess. it is not. I got a double double the other day with like protein style or, or whatever. Of course, you it, got protein style. I mean, do you want to talk about that, Jeff? You protein style. That's right. right. Now. You look amazing, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, as, as I say to oh, all my married you friends, you cut me to the I, core, I Baxter. To, I have to work on this because <laughs> I'm not locked down yet. 
I'm still on the market. I know. You know, if if they started making Coca Cola with just like, oh, we forgot the flavoring. Sorry, they wouldn't sell it. <laughs> uh, I disagree on the patties. Uh, I can small. see the argument on the fries. I can see the argument for Five Guys fries. I actually like In-N-Out fries, though. I, I think they're fucking I want, delicious. I, I want them they're more fresh crisp. cut potatoes. They are. I agree, but you can not order them. Enough. You can order order them. Well done. I shouldn't have to. You could, but you can. I can. I will next. So time. you have the choice. I will next. Uh, time. So to answer this question, I get the uh, double double cheese and spread only. Occasionally fried mustard with no pickles. On what my, is fried mustard? Um, they like bake mustard into the fucking. Um, burger patty and it's delicious. I wish I'd known about that. Yeah, it's really good. I get double double protein style, no sauce, no cheese. That's what no I get. No sauce, no cheese. I don't like Thousand Island dressing. So on the so I I take it up another lot, another notch to make you, you on the fries. Mm-hmm. I get animal style, no onions. So the oh that Thousand Island and that cheese, baby. I don't eat it as often as I should or shouldn't really. Oh, you don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I only probably get in and out. Maybe once, maybe three times a year. Yeah, and which is people outside of California who like in and out are like, oh, "You're a monster." Um, but it's it's whenever it's access. That's why my friends come into town and they're like they go crazy for yeah. it, and they, they it's it's a thing they have to get. If I go to Chicago, I need to eat deep dish pizza. Yeah, and I will. And, and I do like. I, I, I really do like Chicago style deep dish too. Lou Malnati's and bingo. Uh, but there's this other place it. in Chicago that does theirs upside down. It's like a sit-down restaurant. It's fucking incredible. And you can, if it's busy, you can order drinks inside and then go sit outside on like a stoop of a brownstone. So you're just sitting outside having a beer in Chicago. Well, no, like you go the right time of year. Um, I I can't think of the name of that place. And it's so good. Pizza Due? Pizza Rio Due? There's there's two across the street from each other that are like famous and they're very good. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, but... Uh, J Doms at Nostra Doms. What's the worst new car you can buy for eighty thousand plus? Worst new car you can buy for eighty any BMW? No, oh, I'm just kidding. Um, that's ATSV, which is fantastic outside, is seventy seven as equipped. That's a lot for high. that car. Those cars drive great, and but this has like a carbon fiber package. Yeah, that, well, I we drove. I, I actually, the red one. I reviewed one of those on TST. Okay. Uh, it was it was silver, but it had it had six thousand dollar carbon package, and I was like, it, it, it was need. one of the best chassis I've ever driven. The steering feel was great. It was better than the M4. Gearbox is good. Better than the, yeah, the M3. Manual? Uh, we had automatic. Oh, um, but it was still like, dude, you got to drive the stick. It's probably good. It's I need bad. more. I really, you know, I've realized with my car is that not driving a stick every day for like three years has totally messed my senses up a bit. Okay, I need to get that back. Yeah. And plus, my car is so quiet; it's harder. To, noise helps you downshift correctly. <laughs> like really being able to tune your ear to hear that. It's like this car's too quiet. Nice. That's funny. Uh, worst car you can buy for eighty plus is a really, really. Good, I mean, it's got to be like some like four thirty five GTXI bullshit that like with every option mm-hmm. or some. Anything that's uh, and I didn't mean to pick on BMW there. I'm no, sure you know. I think Mercedes anything where you take a a, a, a relatively BMW. lower entry car and spec the yeah. shit out of it, right? When you could just you know get something that's higher spec or from a, a higher um, jumping off point to begin with, you might be happier. I mean, why why would you buy the Lexus LX570 when you could just get the Land Cruiser for nearly the same price? Exactly. And, and if you scratch the Land Cruiser, who gives a shit? If you scratch the Lexus. Good on you for you know whipping Alexis, but people, your neighbors, Chad and Buffy, will f- lose their shit. Like anything, anything that starts around that range, and then you're you barely can tick an option box, and you're it's almost like it's both ends. It's if you start too low yep. and you spec the crap out of it, 
your foundation might not depending on what you get might not be great. Right. But if you also start too high, if you get an if you get an M four, and the only option you can get is like seat belt, right? And <laughs> seat then, no, belt. You you have passenger seat delete. You're not. Do happy you either. want a second key? <laughs> uh, Do you want a key? It's like when you check in a hotel. Do you, how many keys you need? Oh shit, my M four. Well, how much is the second key? Um, so yeah, that's funny. Yeah, either end of the spectrum. If you mm-hmm. wind up right in the middle, you're fine. And and really, over eighty thousand is tough because there's just it's all. I mean. Fuck over eight thousand right now. There's good cars. So yeah. there's like the, the exception might be like a fully spec'd M2. I feel like is a much better car than in the M4 or the yeah than the M4 because I just think it's a better starting car. So like I would much rather have the seventy five thousand dollar M2 than an eighty two thousand dollar M4. Right, 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 right. But maybe that's just because I just don't like one of the platforms. Probably. Hmm. It's a good question, though. It's a good question. It is. Uh, jumping to Facebook. Ken Doherty Jr. Rumors and spy shots of the Buick Regal Tour X are starting to crop up on a few media outlets. Knowing that it's just a rebadged Opel Vauxhall, do you think New- North America get the VXR version of it? And how do you think it will be priced to do battle against the E-Class and Audi wagons? Also, will you please hoon the shit out of it for us, please, when it hits the press fleets? First of all, Buick does all kinds of bullshit with their... Because I think that's a concept. I think the Regal Tour X is a concept. I could be wrong here. Buick has been showing us awesome concepts, and then they come out, and I say this every time they show it, and everybody's freaking out. I'm like, they're not going to make that. They're like, no, 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 no. They did that one that was uh, the coupe that was basically like Camaro-based for a Buick, and it looked gorgeous. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. no chance they're going to yep. make that. Six months later, oh, we're not making that. Like, So same thing here, plus no chance they'd bring the wagon version over here. And on top of that, no chance they'd bring the VXR version yep. over here. Buick is working hard to die in the United States. Yeah, it would, the weird thing about them is some of their cars are quick and have pretty good, like... You oh, know, like the Cascada? <laughs> it's, Which probably think, crushes think, it in Florida. Think, but exactly. That's that's their market. That's their bread and butter. And that's where they're going to be. Like, it, it, they could bring a new fire-breathing whatever the fuck. You could rebadge a Bugatti as, as a Buick. No one's going to buy it because you... Like, <laughs> Cadillac is a perfect example of this. They have been trying to crack into the M3... E-AMG market for a very long time. And their cars are arguably better in many ways yep. than both of those. And those fucks won't buy it at all. And I say that I, with love. With, with, yeah, the people in that market are like, I still, you know, some of it's brand recognition. Some of it is Cadillac's interior details. But you can't just because it's, it's sad but true. You Just because you make something amazing, if you used to make dog shit, people are still going to be wary about it. And they've been making not dog shit for years It's like now. a felon trying to get hired at a school. Yeah. Oh, that's a great analogy. That's really good. Uh, Greg Pallett, you stuck in your own personal groundhog. You, you're stuck in your own personal groundhog day, repeating it over and over. Which day, car, and sequence of events would you want to live Repeated, repeatedly. That's a great question. Like what day in history? Or? No, I think he means like 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 car wise. Like okay. if you had to do oh, a what car, day in car Groundhog history? Day okay. car over and over again. I mean, I'd probably be for you like your your Germany adventure. No, oh, sideways yeah. and we've already talked about that. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's all that aired. Was, yeah, you were was, drifting. And that was pretty amazing. Uh, Scotland was pretty a pretty good. Not day. counting the fucking podcast episode, but Scotland. Just driving the Vanquish on those roads, and also Nurburgring twenty four hour getting to drive the the race car was pretty good. Um, that Scotland trip was pretty fucking incredible. So car wise, if I had to like just do that over and over, I think it might be that one for me. I, th- I think that the Germany trip was pretty ridiculous. It had a bunch of things, and I like riding with Chris Harris on the Nurburgring. Yeah, 
that won't happen again. Yeah. That was amazing. If I could put those two together. But I'm also trying to, I'm also thinking that maybe wandering all the way back to like high school, like the nights it was, it was get off school, oh. hang out with friends, go, yeah. go drag race all night. Is what, right. what we did. I had like, I had a Pontiac. It was all muscle cars. You know, if, if you had a girlfriend then, I can't remember if I did, but like maybe you go park on the cliff for a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. All, if all, if all those things might loop, like yeah, it, yeah. that's like the simpler, more no, you know, basic that's answer. A good one. That's a good, good one. Uh, Cause like uh, growing up, uh, in high school, all my friends, our favorite movie was, uh, for the most part, was Dazed and Confused. Of course, you know, you just over and over, especially the music and the, all that shit. Uh, and we had we had a center in town where you you know you'd cruise, you'd hang out. There's the pizza store, and then you go like drive around a little bit, and then you come back to the center, and you. And, uh, <laughs> that's basically Matt McConaughey's life in that movie. Is yeah, he's no, just living exactly Groundhog Day. He's right. just like, I'm not going anywhere. Man. Right. We were the New England version of that. Like instead of <laughs> all right, all right, all right, we're like okay, okay, okay. Like, um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's a that's a that's a good answer. That's a really yeah. Socks, socks, socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Brady, fucking Brady, fucking Brady. You know what I do every day? A few ways. Um, Chris Cavalieri, Camden Tub briefly discussed tea bucket kit cars, specifically track tees. Recently, is that a thing? Which non traditional engine would you install in a tea bucket kit car? Keep up the good work, cars. Not a Hemi. Um, no, something Japanese. Oh, yeah. Japanese engine in a in a tea bucket would people would lose. They'd be so angry. Yeah, they would. Which makes it or like a, a Prius engine with the batteries and the electric motor. I would take it to EV West and I would do an electric tea bucket. <laughs> I'd probably get the front wheels to lift with the low center of gravity in the back and the all the torque. You would. That's. Man, there's so many options. So you because you piss off everybody. It'd be great because tea buckets. I don't like tea buckets. I, I did when I was a kid. Fit in them because they're just they're so ridiculous. But I never saw anyone drive them the way when you're a kid and you look at it it's like a cartoon. Like people, that was a contest of how crazy an engine can I make because people can look at it. There's right. no hood. But none of the people I ever saw driving a 700 horsepower supercharged tea right. bucket ever hit throttle because they knew they were going to die. Right. I mean, you could be five six in that car, and your knees are in your fucking chin. Yeah. So, uh, I have always hated tea buckets. So anything that would piss off everybody who loves tea buckets is my choice. So all anything, so many good, so many good ones. I mean, you could you could stick with you could stick with like a Mercedes V eight, you know, six a six two, like that would sound great. But I still think a Japanese motor, Japanese motor, like a weak one, like a turbo six or something. Like a yeah, RB twenty five. That would be pretty oh, yes. rad. One JZ. Um, oh, my T bucket's all wheel drive. Um, Ooh, now we're talking. Well, now you see that car that was for sale coming out of, like Sweden or something. It was like a thirty two Ford, but they had put a like Audi five cylinder in it with an all wheel drive system, and it was selling for like thirty five thousand bucks. But this wasn't a T bucket, right? It was no, no, no. But it, it was like a Ford. Th- I think this car's Ford. been around for a bit. I it think. it's one of my favorite creations I've ever if seen. I, if it's the car I'm thinking of, yeah, it's it's insane, insanely awesome. Um, Ralph Montez, looking to do a lemons race soon. Besides tools, parts, and equipment for the car, what else do you recommend of bringing to a race that someone new Money. lemons wouldn't think of? Um, Knowledge. Make sure you, if you can wrench, good. Make sure you have someone else who can wrench, who can, yep. so you can diagnose problems off each other. Make sure you have one person who can drive. Um, don't forget food and water, water especially. Uh, but have someone else, like have have people who aren't going to race come and cheer on the team, but also have like food and water. Like when we go, Tim's wife will start cooking shit. Like she'll start cooking food for us or bring like. Pizza to reheat. Why doesn't, Tim, why doesn't Tim cook? Because he's busy wrenching and fixing mm. our mistakes. Um, sorry for messing with your your gender roles. Um, 
So you're going to spend more than your very first race. You're going to spend more than you think, but stick with it. Cause then your second race is drastically cheaper. Cause now you have the car, you have the safety gear, you have all that shit. Um, if your car is legitimately shitty, don't worry about bribing the judges unless you want to do it for the fun. Cause the very, very first race, I spent way too much on scotch and beer and the judge was like, no, we know this thing sucks. Um, if you do have a super cheater car, yeah, you should like, you, if you have a super cheater car, you better be bringing a real theme because otherwise you're just there to race and should, you should be a chump car. You, this mm. is the wrong race for you. It is a party. It is fun. But you have to like play along with the spirit of lemons. If you don't want to do that, that's fine. There are other American Endurance and chump car are all for you. Otherwise, have fun. I actually love lemons. So good luck. Go for it. Blake Swan, why do you have the nicest hair I've seen on a man? What is your secret? You are the automotive journalist equivalent to Jake Gyllenhaal. Seriously, this is, I swear to God, I don't pre-read these. I, no, you, I'm pre-wrote, getting, you pre-wrote that. I, I know, right? Blake Swan is – maybe it's Blake Wrong. And actually, Blake Wrong had great, great hair. Um, I, Blake, I hate to tell you. You'd hate to see me right now. And plus, I feel like I see a lot of it in my sink lately, which is uh, kind of freaking me out. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I don't know. You look like, uh, Bradley Cooper, just like everything. If he gave up away, if he gave up. Yeah. Or he went on a one time, man, he went on a life journey and chose to give it up for a little bit. Like you and McGregor, he rode around the world, but you know, you're more destitute than that. I, yeah. Let me just comb this one side. Uh, it does look like dog. I should take a selfie and send it to him on Facebook. Like you want this here. Uh, (laughs) William Zimmerman. If you could compete in one season of any form of racing, what would you choose? Probably uh, high level endurance racing, either that or rally, but high level endurance, just so you could do Sebring, Le Mans, Daytona, like the biggest races in the world. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I, I think rally would be, I think more I would, fun. I would do rally. I, I, but for the this, like the insane level of like this is it. You get if you had one shot, one chance. Yeah, I missed a chance to blow. Um, I think I'd go high level W uh, World Endurance. Buddy Daniels. Okay, one more performance sedan. Not okay. Oh, wait. I changed my answer real fast. Uh, Baja, all the off road oh, stuff. Yeah. I would do that. Like mid four hundred. So you mean the whole calendar of if King can, of Hammers? If I can do the calendar, or I would do yeah, or I would do just King of Hammers, or just uh, no, I would actually rather just do Baja. King of Hammers is like. So you'd rather three. do just that one race than a whole calendar of other racing? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm not. Saying I mean, it's, it's a thousand miles. So if you divide each, you know, like every rally race yeah, up, it's absolutely. probably more. Well. Not the endurance race. Though. No, that's true. Uh, Buddy Daniels, what do you think is the most underrated car on the market today, performance-wise, of course? Probably like one of the V6 muscle cars, like a V6 Camaro. That, and Johnny just tweeted, Johnny Lieberman from Motor Trend, he was like, keep an eye on this one. It was the V6 LTE because... Oh, one LE? One LE, right. Because people just, we were so easy, we're so quick to compartmentalize like V6, lesser, V8, good. It's like, dude, the V6s nowadays have more power than... The Mustang Cobras did in the nineties, right? You know, and, and they're better chassis and, and all that and shit. The, and they, they have all the steering feel, all the braking, all the balance. Yeah, you can't see out of it, but like that—that that is a really good performance car that will not cost you a lot of money out the door mm-hmm. or eat a lot of gas. And the next question he followed up: Okay, one more best performance sedan, not made by luxury brand, four cylinder, six cylinder, or eight cylinder. Best perform. I've heard the new uh, Ford Fusion Sport is awesome. We read different things. No, I'm kidding. I don't read. An, I don't read because they just came out with one that's like like has a, a shitload of horsepower for what it is. And uh, I, I don't know. I obviously we don't do a lot of Ford stuff on Hooniverse, but I've not driven the last the last non luxury sedan I drove was like uh, 
what am I about to say? Mazda six. And it was like, well, this chassis feels really good. It's just right. slow. Yeah. Mazda, but, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, a WRX is on there. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, what else is out there? Performance sedan wise. Yeah. Mazda six is a good choice. Like um, VWGLI, but that was, yeah, yeah that was yeah. not, that wasn't that magical. I would say, uh, I mean, yeah, there you go. Um, Cody Johnson, Cody Johnston, would you rather have the skill, space, and time to restore any car you want, making it your own way, or money to just buy anything but forced to leave it stock? Uh, shit, I, I almost kind of think I'd money to just buy anything and just leave it stock, because that would mean I'd have money to just like also travel the world True. and have a big house. And so like... You have to think of the other side of the question there. Like, if it was like, no, the genie's like, no, your money's just for cars. Like, but there's also the time investment. I can you know, flip them. <laughs> if, if, I, if I have to build it myself, is right. it going to take me one year or is it going to take me four? You right. Know? One year I could probably do, and you could build a unicorn. Yeah, because like if I have the amazing. skill, but my current garage and tools, like, <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. So I, I would think, just take the money. I would take the money. Yeah, take the money and run. Uh, Matt Labrizzi, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> I think there's a snarky answer there. I think that's like from a movie, but I can't think. ask Jen. Yeah, Julia Jake, which what what would your car of choice be for a lemons race? Um, I think a Fox Body Mustang is a good choice, like a real ratty Fox Body. Um, Nissan Zs have never done good. I wonder if you could get like a real shitty like 240. Well, no, shitty Camaro. Obviously, you can. Shitty Camaro would be good. I hate F bodies though. Me too. Um, that's why I would just. I would probably cut as many panels off as I could because I hate the way they look. Not a Ranchero, not a BMW 6 Series. Miatas are really good. Yeah, but they are they are really good. E30s and Miatas are really really good, but but it's not it's it's, just, it's not lemons like Chump Car all day long, right. all day long. Lemons, you got to be a little bit more creative. Um, you don't have to, but you know, cold track. When will GTP. my wife come back? <laughs> what <laughs> he writes? When will my wife come back? She's sleeping. Um. Nick Taylor, do you feel that a transversely mounted all-wheel drive system can be as good or better than a longitudinal one, whether that be for performance, driving rear bias, i.e. Jaguar F-Type and Jaguar F-Type all-wheel drive versus Evo Focus RS Haldex or off-road capacity, i.e. Range Rover Evoque Volvo XC90 versus Range Rover Classic 4x4 Jeep, etc.? Well, I think I mean I think the all-wheel drive system in the Evo, for example, is that's that's an amazing like race-winning system. Right. So that's more that more has to do with the engineers paying as much attention to the all-wheel drive system as to the connection. I feel like the Evoke, it's not that it's uh, laterally mounted, no, horizontally mounted. It's that it's the system didn't get all the money that the Range Rover Classic did. Right. It's just not – they know that the market is not off-roading that car. It right. can do it a little bit, but, like, the Range Rover builds its reputation and continues to hold on to it because it's like, look what it can do. Right. Yeah, there you go. Greg Scandalberry, after this wave of ever-increasing horsepower, he wrote hose power, and with cafe standards rising. I love calling out their typos. Like, sorry, everybody. Hose power. You got out at hose power? Are you looking forward to seeing a wave of weight reduction? I've been saying this. You're reading my motherfucking mind. His example is 08 to 12 Chevy Malibu weighed 3,415 pounds. 16 present weighs 3,086, which Aaron Robinson brought it up to you guys, and it is fucking amazing that the car weighs that much. I've been saying weight is the next wave. No question about it. Like They've been doing um, more uh, stiffer strength steel to stiffen up the chassis, but weight, weight, weight. Carbon fiber reinforced plastics will trickle down from the supercars. Uh, it is absolutely going to be weight moving forward. Mm-hmm. No question about it. And that's fan-fucking-tastic. So, yeah. 
Correct. Correct. Uh, did two new Twitter questions pop in? Uh, no. They're just replying to something else. So, yeah, those are all your questions. Uh, Zach, tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, find me at Twitter, which is at Zach Clapman, Z-A-C-K-K-L-A-P-M-A-N. And then you can find me on Instagram at fake Zach Clavin. How do you type blah, blah. Uh I could do it if you wanted to. <laughs> B-L-E-R-P-R-P. Follow me on Instagram at Hooniverse Jeff. Also follow at the Hooniverse. Follow my new drive tribe, Farting in Supercars. That's a real drive tribe that I made. Um, I think there's seven members. Um, drive tribe is still a thing, apparently. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jay Glucker. Follow at the Hooniverse on Twitter. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe for new videos. I'm nearly done cutting the rear wheel drive Uricon Spider video. Uh, and then also go to Hooniverse.com to read all kinds of cool shit. We're about to have our Hooniverse Car of the Year, which is something we do every year, where all of the editors put forth a nomination and then we let you, the reader, vote on it. And last year I made the mistake. Not the mistake. The car deserved it. Of nominating something from Roadkill. Bodie McBoatface. And Roadkill got a hold of it. And it kind of skewed the voting. Because mm-hmm. Roadkill is, I don't know if you know this, they're popular. Uh, so they won by like like thousands of votes when if a car gets a thousand votes. It's amazing. Uh, so that was, that was, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, so check out our Hooniverse Car of the Year that's coming soon, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode, but probably not because it's probably going to be a SEMA one, and there'll probably be a few SEMA ones heading into the holidays, but I'll do my best to keep making sure we're doing the in-studio ones as well. So peace out for now. Please, Navidad. Navidad.